Welcome to show 68 of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. Today's episode is with Pam, a cloth diaper mom from the Philippines. The Cloth Diaper Podcast is a somewhat regular show dedicated to sharing stories of cloth diapering from parents, brands, and retailers around the world. My name is Bailey. I'm the host of the Cloth Diaper Podcast. I am the author of Cloth Diapers, Textiles, Washing, and More, which just has been recently republished in color and now available around the world on Amazon and through global booksellers. I am so excited. That is awesome, fantastic news. And I'm also the mom of two, a longtime cloth diaper and advocate and educator. And we just finished the flats and hand washing challenge this last week. So I'm finally getting around to publishing some great content. I know there was a little bit of a six week hiatus that was unscheduled and unplanned. It just kind of happened sometimes when you are a small indie podcast without a publishing studio uh, or a support team or annual income that you just fall behind and that happens. So hopefully we can do a little bit of a catch up. I have a big series here dedicated to the flats and hand washing challenge starting off with this and then continuing on with some stories around diaper banks with interviews with Jake's Diaper, Salem Cloth Project and Milwaukee Diaper Mission. These are going to be some great cornerstone pieces to this entire show that hopefully bring you some I like just inspiration or passion or finding a way that we as the cloth diaper community can kind of grow and get bigger as needed uh anyways today's episode of the cloth diaper podcast is brought to you by Vita Mia Cloth that's right sometimes the cloth diaper podcast runs small advertisements for cloth diaper brands Vita Mia Mia Cloth is a Latina owned cloth diapering business ran out of home by stay-at-home mom Crystal our goal is to show families that using cloth isn't scary. It can be fun and simple, and the impact that it makes on our earth is something parents should pride themselves in. We welcome you to visit www.vitamiacloth.online and join our Instagram and Facebook group, Vita Mia Cloth, to learn more. Thank you to Via, Vita Mia Cloth for supporting the Cloth Diaper Podcast. I encourage you to check them out. I'll be sharing links in today's show notes and email so that you can learn more about this small Latina-owned cloth diapering business. Today's episode of the Cloth Diaper Podcast is with Pam. So Pam is a mom from the Philippines who reached out to me. Pam has been a longtime follower of the Cloth Diaper Podcast, and I am so thrilled that she's on the show because her story, much like Latifah's story out in the Maldives or Malaysia, Maldives, the Maldives, Latifah was from the Maldives, really kind of paints this picture of this international cloth diapering space. And I think that's, I have a couple of themes in my life for 2021. The first being this theme of networking and reaching out and connecting with more cloth diaper businesses, cloth diaper banks, and cloth diaper people. And the second is this sort of international community that is out there with Rami on board as my social media assistant and more and more cloth diaper parents reaching out to me from around the world, we're really beginning to see this really large international community of parents coming together for a variety of different reasons. And the cloth diaper story that we experience here in North America is, is kind of different. And it, it, there's some unique challenges to this international space and the struggle that parents have, affordability, wash routines, and 
I think this is a great opportunity for the cloth diaper community to really grow as um, as a body of people who recognizes that the human experience with cloth diapering really is going to be vastly different and is going to impact people in different ways. So without further ado, I'm going to stop rambling and let's listen to this show with Pam. Sometimes when I have international guests, the audio quality kind of can stumble. So I hope that it is okay. But uh, just a fair warning that uh, something about connecting with families around the world can be a little bit hard, even in this day and age, on making sure that you get uh, better audio quality. And that's a whole wide thing. Anyways, let's go. Today, I've got Pam is joining me. And Pam, do you think you could give yourself a little introduction? Who are you? And where are you joining me in the world? Sure. Um, thanks for having me, Bailey. I'm a longtime listener, so talking with you today is like a dream come true. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm Pavillar. I'm a mother. A mother of Lika. Lika is two to eight in Tagalog. He's almost two. Um, our <laughs> our small family of three is born and raised in Manila, in the Philippines. I'm a social development worker here by trade, and um, since becoming a parent, I've identified strongly as a Filipino cloth diaper community advocate and a mindful parenting advocate too. Okay, so you, I, with a background in social work, that these things would come pretty naturally to you yeah exactly a social community kind of space and parenting in general really yeah for sure yeah so why if throw two years ago I guess or almost three years when you were pregnant with your son right what drew you to cloth diapering and why did you consider cloth diapering yeah that's right um well the predominant reasons people choose cloth are well they choose laundry over landfill essentially also cloth diapers save you more money well up to a point of course because overstashing or hoarding may also contribute to of local brands but more so generic brands made the cheap labor broad and might defeat the purpose of saving but that isn't to say having a large stash super large stash is inherently wrong of course not um because cloth diapers can be therapeutic people they were for me for sure <laughs> um and it's better to be more mindful uh about spending really for cloth diapers well um and uh, personally, I've been striving to live a minimal to zero waste lifestyle since around 2016. That's before getting married or getting pregnant, and have and I've always wanted to hashtag support local. <laughs> so finding an online community that lives both lives out both those advocacies was natural. Um, surprising at first, honestly, because then there were so many already. Using cloth tires in 2019, a going online community of over 50,000 people now, with around 200 local work-at-home mom or wham brands who make diapers and kids apparel by hand, and other resellers. Yeah, and other resellers of PUL diapers. So that's so that's wonderful. Yeah, it's a budding community. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was my connection. I'm so sorry. 
it's good now. <laughs> Should be all right now. <laughs> your stash. So when you decided to cloth diaper your son, how did you build your stash and where did you kind of go where you are today? Part of why we've got Pam on the phone today is because we're going to talk about flats. But um, did you always start with flats or how did that kind of go? Yeah, um, right. Um, it was difficult at first because you have to do a lot of research to check what works best for you. Um, we've been exclusively cloth diapering Likha since he was a newborn until now that he's a toddler. So the cover system is very versatile in that way. I When we started out, a lot of the recommendations that came in was always cover types and flats for newborns because it's the most convenient way to address you know how newborns poop and pee like every need diaper changes like at least eight to 12 times a day so the cover system really allowed for that kind of flexibility and you'll be able to use them like one cover type like twice or thrice as long as it isn't peeped or pooed on yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so so there's that and also flats um, work well with covers because they dry just as easily and um, they are uh, you'll be able to use them like for a longer time like one layered flats are my personal favorite mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, they're ones that the ones that I use for example the organic bamboo cotton terry flats that we use and also some super heavy organic cotton there so there are a lot of variants <laughs> but the ones that we use we've um, been able to use them since um my son was a newborn up until now so that's super helpful we have a couple of pocket type and snap-in hybrid fitteds and a cup and a few pul diapers too but covers and flats are our absolute favorites <laughs> they're more they're more affordable they're more versatile and they're definitely more easy care yeah. So you're talking about Terry. And I think since I wrote my email and since my, and then just listening to you here, there's a few different types of Terry on the market. Uh, when you're talking about a bamboo cotton Terry, are you talking about like more of a thinner Terry or are you talking about like a, what I would know as like a towel, a thicker Terry? Right. Right. Because there's so many different types of Terry, I think the <laughs> towel type is the is the most common. I think so. That's like Terry cloth. That's when yeah. uh, toweling a fabric woven, uh, like Terry is um, toweling essentially, or um, tiny uh, or woving or like a fabric woven with tiny protruding loops on one yeah. side, like similar to your regular bath towel, as you mentioned, and a smooth and flat surface on the other side. So okay. all in all, yeah. So all in all, it's designed to be both highly absorbent and soft to the touch. So they're efficient that way. And they're also safe to be directly in contact with baby's bum. So uh -huh. that's one thing. And then um, this isn't an exhaustive list by any means, but <laughs> there are two main types, I think, cotton terry and French terry. And then there are like variants of those two. Okay. Um, French terry, yeah. French terry has smaller loops 
than regular cotton terry. So cotton terry has bigger loops when you look into uh. them. And French, yeah, and French terry needs a bit more prepping to reach its full absorbency, but it is very rewarding as a soaker mm. once it does. So blended fabric, say for example, like blended organic bamboo terry is my absolute favorite. And what I often recommend to people starting out um, because it's got that, it doesn't take as long as French terry to prep, like to reach its full absorbency, but it also allows for um, that kind of efficiency like once once you get it it's usually already pre-activated and you'll be able to use it right away without having to prep okay yeah that makes sense and i think the more you talk the more i realize i know what you're talking about and yeah uh, we could probably i will probably see about throwing some pictures uh, i know of some example products about terry's so in the Philippines, your cloth diapering in the Philippines is flats and covers than normal. Maybe we should even throw it back. Do people cloth diaper? Are you, are you, um, is this mainstream in the Philippines? Oh yeah, that's a great question. Um, cloth diapering isn't quite mainstream yet in the Philippines. Disposables are still very much the norm. Okay. Um, much of much of the older generation, I think mostly boomers or some Gen Xs, usually use traditional flats made out of canvas cloth or muslin oh. cloth back in, yeah, or yeah. muslin cloth back in the day. <laughs> not <laughs> nearly as soft as Terry. <laughs> right, yeah, definitely not, yeah. And um, But modern cloth diapers is, you know, still quite specialized, like okay. is modern... Um, if you'd ask, like, is modern cloth diapering common here? Then yes, definitely more so than they were in around 2015 when it was a very niche part of parenting life. People okay. barely knew about it then. Um, now the pandemic's brought, like, so much momentum with it, especially in terms of raising general public awareness and of growth in numbers of local wham brands so like okay. the number of brand specific chatter groups skyrocketed within almost like 10 popping up every couple of weeks when lockdown was first implemented so like so, a bustling little work at home seamstress market yeah yeah exactly so there were like a lot of um work at home seamstresses who felt like they could make a name for themselves in the cloth diapering industry so that was super interesting like a lot of brands just kept popping up um sometime mid last year and that was very overwhelming <laughs> what kind of diapers are of they making hybrid fitteds mostly some okay. fitteds yeah some fitteds as well but most of them are hybrid are hfs and um covers and flats aren't as common but uh yeah um definitely <laughs> <on> yeah <laughs> definitely hybrid fitted interesting it's interesting to hear you talk about a uh, rise in uh work at home mom cloth diapering just, oh hold on i apparently have a child out of the bath um <laughs> it's interesting to hear just because i wouldn't say we've had that same experience in north america <laughs> Um, so for there to be like a little boom in makers is kind of interesting is the Philippines, uh, mind my ignorance, uh, is the Philippines known for manufacturing? Is that a, what's the Philippines like dominant, uh, industry? 
we're a very service oriented industry so like having this boom in like manufacturing even in a very small scale like small businesses it was still very interesting to witness especially like it's still ongoing of course mm-hmm. but like in a service driven industry like the one in the like what we have in the Philippines it's very challenging to have to meet the the level of service of the level of the service industry for example because um a lot of the brands are still very small so you have like multiple small brands in cloth diapering for example and even very small retailers of PUL brands from abroad so that's there's a lot of competition and then that breeds like um sometimes it's unhealthy competition but overall it's very uh it's very interesting to find like what works for you mm-hmm Yeah, that's it's interesting to hear about the changes that are happening uh, in your area. So my other question is for Philippine parents or maybe for yourself and from your experience, what has been the biggest challenge for cloth diapering or around cloth diapering? Is it a challenge around washing, a challenge around affording, a challenge? What is something that you feel is maybe uniquely characteristic to your cloth diaper experience right um i think uh this is a pretty universal experience i think for anybody who chooses to venture into cloth diapers is what you mentioned the three main challenges i think even Mm -hmm. in the philippines is um first is price and then the second is like access to information and then the last challenge would definitely be committing to exerting that much effort to cloth yeah. diapers. Yeah, what is, yeah. so, uh, what's like the cost comparison for cloth diapers in the Philippines? I know like in North America, they really kind of vary drastically. Um, right. is, is that a similar experience in the Philippines? Are they significantly more expensive than disposables or, or are they just kind of on par? Um, definitely a lot more expensive than disposables. Like you can get it. Well, if you compare them by piece, um, a disposable diaper would be like three pesos. That's around like not even, not even a dollar. (laughs) Um, so, and, but a clock diaper will cost at least 400 pesos. So that's around eight or nine dollars. So that, that kind of disparity in the price is very overwhelming especially for low and middle income families who might not be able to afford um cloth diapers as readily as people who have like a more um flexible budget to work okay. with yeah is and then the for, second like, yeah. about uh so a cheap diaper in north america is about yeah eight ten twelve dollars which i would say like for like low low income is really hard to obtain um but 400 pesos is that is that i is that what's is that significant what is that uh is that experience yeah. for somebody yeah, yeah, definitely. Because for 400 pesos, I think you'll be able to get like a decent amount of 
um, rice, like a kilo <laughs> or more of rice, which people will opt to get as opposed to like a cloth diaper, yeah. which, you know, and then it, it it's, um, what else can you buy? There's a lot of things that you can get, like food, um, like very simple, um, uh, uh, like vegetables, just like in general, uh, it's, it's, it's affordable. It's a lot of, it's a significant amount if you want to buy like, two meals to prepare like mm-hmm. two or three meals for the family in a day so yeah. that's sufficient if you know how to budget properly then yeah like that's just enough to um prepare like a very simple meal for the family okay. so like an interesting thought that i've been trying to i haven't i i've been asked i asked the mom i've been asking different people this kind of question both like on and off the record just because i'm the north american cloth diaper market is uh, is a big price tag and right. i wonder about how that can scale globally and we have seen such a rise in the international cloth community over the past year or so and it's about and trying to figure out how to support the accessibility the affordability of cloth diapering around the world like when dealing with so many different economies of scale right um with a value of products being worth different in the Philippines versus Canada or the United States. How do you, how do you scale a market that way? That's just kind of been like my curiosities and my (laughs) wonderings about what's going on. I know I was trying to, uh, I was asking Romy, my assistant, a few of these questions as well as I uh, pay her in Canadian dollars and she's an Argentinian peso. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, it's it's um it's such an intriguing aspect of our community that the cloth community has definitely grown like the past year. I think um one way that we can support is um this is the social development worker in me talking. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of it will have to boil down to policy support and like having legal frameworks to support small businesses to be able to enable them to scale um mm-hmm. at a level that's you know that's that's more uh that can allow for more people to buy these diapers at a price that isn't so high because as you mentioned even in north america cloth diapers are almost a premium for some people mm-hmm. it also is here and the Philippines. Not a lot of people opt for cloth diapers, even if there are very affordable options, mainly because um, there isn't enough support for the small businesses to grow in that way and to scale. Because a lot of the um, WAM brands that I talked to you about earlier um, are still even if they do want to grow their business, not a lot of people can. Like there are a very few, a very small number of WAM brands now who have grown like significantly and have been able to um, supply a lot of the demand in other regions here in the Philippines. Mm. But yeah, because growing very- a business takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of training. It takes a lot of resources. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, not many people are equipped with the knowledge that they would need to scale. Uh So that's one challenge. I think that 
as much as as successful as their small businesses are, they would need a lot of um, public support. And I would say like um, mm-hmm. legal, like support from the legal um, landscape to be able to um, access more people because not many are able to do that with the resources, with the limited resources that they have. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's so a fantastic that's idea. Part. I think of all the all the different ways that this question has gone in the past, and uh, that's an answer I have yet to receive, Pam. But it's a it's a fantastic one. Exactly. There's so many ways that our governments and policymakers around the world, not just even in the Philippines, uh, Canada, the United States, the UK, can support small businesses. And small business owners are a great way to support the flat diaper community because they really get to have some great relationships with customers to convince and. Um, encourage yeah, yeah, them. Yeah. Uh, what, I had a question about washing. It's not really on here, but I, cause I kind of thought that maybe we would get to it naturally. Do you find that you have any specific challenges with washing cloth diapers? And is that why? Oh yeah. Um, well, personally for me, Bailey, it isn't okay. too difficult. Like I'm able to wash pretty well because, um, we have access Thankfully, we have pretty stable access to water. But say, for example, there are other families, whether they're in the city or if they're in um, more uh, provincial areas of the Philippines, there is like a certain type of uh, hard water, I think Mm -hmm. is what they call it, that makes it a little difficult to care for cloth diapers properly because it's the type of water that's um, not not as filtered as water in the city. So that then makes it difficult for them to maintain oh, their yeah. diapers. That's at frustrating. Hard yeah. water can be such a challenge, yeah, especially sure. like, um, yeah, unfiltered water. I know of parents around me who have uh, we well water is what we, we call, and it's like hard, rocky right high in calcium higher in iron kind of yucky water it can make it such a challenge yeah yeah yeah, exactly that's um i've heard a lot of stories from our local cloth diaper community where they have to um uh wash their diapers several times or they'd have to find a different source of water so their diapers will still maintain like a quality that can still be sold after they have after they no longer have use for them so that's i think Mm. what's um one of the biggest challenges in general is um access to water and then the other one i think another challenge besides washing is uh access to information like not a lot Mm -hmm. of people in the philippines have stable internet access they don't have access (laughs) we cut out (laughs) yeah exactly like as as we know so so yeah it's um, i mean that's life everywhere uh well not everywhere but i mean yeah sorry cutting out happens to the best of us (laughs) is what i was trying to think but yes the stable internet access but you're talking about you have a a facebook group of 50,000 in the Philippines, Pam. So you're finding small ways to kind of get around that information barrier, but I guess it's still still a bit of a problem. Yeah, yeah, but um, I think uh, the difficulty lies in having to look for these groups like um they aren't they aren't like wild widely known enough for people to know what to look for. Like I think that's that's one thing to really uh, overcome because 
if you aren't really aware of it, you won't be able to know what to search for. So that's um, true. So even if we do have like three main cloth diapering groups, like these online community groups are like the ones that I mentioned, like Cloth Diaper Advocates Philippines and Cloth Nappies PH and Modern Cloth Nappy Pinais. It's their groups that are um, very supportive and um, that provide a lot of resource. Like they're, um, they are a great resource for information for parents who are starting out with cloth diapering. But yeah, it's um you have to know where to look to be able to mm-hmm. find them. And then after that, you also have to like sift through all of the information <laughs> that, that you find in them. So much. Yeah, so much information. So like a lot of people who are curious, like who are cloth diaper curious, end up being very turned off by all the information that they end up choosing the convenience of disposables over over cloth diapers because it just you know it's a lot of effort it's it's a lot of uh, oh yeah it's a lot of it's a (laughs) it's a huge educational curve yeah uh yeah what's the language in the philippines um mostly we have a lot (laughs) there are a lot of filipino languages but what most people uh what a lot of people use are you know, Tagalog and Visaya. And um, it really depends on which region you're in, but Tagalog is widely spoken and English. That explains why yeah. I sit here and I was like, I'm tr- I I don't know if I've ever heard of a of a name for the language of the Philippines. Yeah. Uh, that would be why, because you're saying there's a lot. Um, in my part of the world, we get a lot of uh, Philippine import, uh, foreign workers. So right. I was like, but I don't think I've ever heard of a language. So I was getting, I was trying to figure out that. Does that, do you find that that makes it a challenge with being so many different languages and dialects or um, oh. to, to also transfer the information or is there just... Um, Oh, or not. oh, not. Oh, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, well, thankfully, or like in yeah. your Facebook group, do they just speak English? Oh, <laughs> um, or what? We, like, yeah. what is that? What is that discourse there? Yeah. Um, most people in the online group speak Tagalog, so that works out okay. just fine for everyone. Of course, there are other Filipino languages that people can use, but in terms of like the wider community and what language we speak, it's usually. Tagalog or a mix of English and Tagalog, which we call Taglish. So that's also uh-huh. that's also one that's also one way. So um, communicating the information isn't too difficult because we have um, a common language to speak with. It I think it really okay. is just the like the information overload. <laughs> you have oh the, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So much, so much. Like I tried to write a book about cloth diapering and I couldn't keep it under 200 pages. Like there is so much information and it's such a, I know it's like something that I chat with brands about all the time. Like how do you simplify it? And how do you, um, really like the only answer I ever get out of people is like, just you got to sit down with somebody in a pile of cloth diapers and, that really helps with the uh, get rid of the overwhelm, like seeing it and touching it instead of 30 pages of scrolling. Um, but yeah, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, I get you. Um, it's uh, when I started out too, um, like I like when you mentioned that 
you know, that it's difficult to condense all of that information, even in just like 200 <laughs> pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, I, rem- I remember just how many hours I took just researching and reading through all the previous posts in these groups and like what does that <laughs> yeah and then also thinking what does that mean for me like what um what are the one what information can I use for myself and for the new baby that I have right and it's and it's so difficult to have to um break everything down especially when you're when you're new to everything. Um, oh yeah. And you're already trying to figure out what pregnancy is doing and labor and what crib to buy all the other dozen yeah. questions, let alone the diaper. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, usually what, um, what, um, more, uh, what, uh, more experienced members of the cloth diapering community recommend is they, they usually, well, everybody now follows like, one, two, three, like three general uh, um, points, like three, um, okay. how do I? Uh-huh. They have three general recommendations? Yes, yeah. like there are, oh, I got it. Um, There are three general uh, points to consider when choosing your cloth diaper. And most people um, say that that's like your laundry schedule. So that's one. So that's okay. avoiding unnecessary spending or overstashing. But yeah, it's, um, uh, if you, if you laundry like every two or three days, then you, de- then your stash will depend on that, on the number of days. And that's like the number of diapers you use per day. And then the number of days times the number of days you, it takes before you laundry, like before your next laundry day. Yeah. And also um, say what pattern fits your baby the best and at which stages of growth that applies to. And the third would be like which soakers or inserts will suit their output the best. Because sometimes like this type of cotton theory that's this specific size might not be the best for like a three-month-old, but it might be okay for when they're like a day old or something. Or sometimes these single-layered flats that say, for example, if it was bamboo French cotton theory or something, um, then it would, and then if it was large, right? If it was a large flat, then it can be used from newborn up until they're, until they're, in their potty training stages but that again really depends on like how you fold them and how you care for them so it's a lot of things to consider but like once you know your laundry schedule like what pattern fits for your baby and also what soakers or what blend of these inserts will work the best for your baby then it's a little less difficult from there. <laughs> I was like, those are still three very big questions yeah. that can be daunting. Uh, but yeah, you're working your way through there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, but but you find that trying to get new parents to answer or explore those three key ideas has helped in your cloth diaper community reduce that overwhelm yeah yeah for sure um i think uh providing new parents or caregivers or like people new to the or people new to cloth diaper in general like with personalized support is the most important and most valuable resource we can provide as a community like 
finding your permanent stash or your perma stash is tough and it can be very costly if done without research into brands and without knowing their reviews. And if you have like this mindset, like to try a little bit of everything, then that will pose a challenge because I think the best thing to do is to try a lot of only the best things and even (laughs) the best things will vary per family because like what is best for one person might not be really good for the other so then that's difficult like you have to find what works for you even if it might not work for other people It's it is like a rabbit hole of information. Yeah, definitely. But you are a cloth diaper influencer in the Philippines. We kind of we've kind of brought that around. Um, what? Where can people find you? You had a great Facebook page with some fantastic videos and information about flats, about Terry's. What's that account name and um, that people can check out? Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, People can, besides the online community groups that I mentioned earlier, uh, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Pamana Mama. So that's P A M A N A M A M A. Oh, it makes yeah. sense now. Yeah. I was looking at it and I was like, oh, this is an interesting name, but it, it's your first name. It's okay. Oh, well, yeah, that's we interesting. Yeah, that's a coincidence because Pamana is heritage or legacy in Tagalog. So it's, oh. yeah, so it's perfect to describe like the kind of legacy we want to leave our children, oh. like a community that's striving to save the earth and raise better and kinder kids, one cross diaper and one act of kindness at a time. So, yeah, that's oh. why. So what are, what are your big goals? Like, you sound like you are, um, like you've got like a, a goal that you want to accomplish with your role as a cloth diaper educator. Um, do you, do you have like a big milestone moment that you're kind of looking or working towards right now and supporting cloth diapering in the Philippines? Well, definitely the biggest goal is, um, as we talked about earlier in the episode is be able to find like that legal support, like finding okay. that um, yeah, yeah. policy um, framework that will enable more uh, small local businesses to be supported in ways that they need to be supported. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's definitely the goal. <laughs> but okay, but, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, in a smaller, more micro scale, I think what is that your. I was gonna say, is that your uh, your social work background yeah. coming into play? Yeah, yeah, yeah sounds it like really it. Is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think uh, like um, providing that personalized support and finding your per mustache, like per family, is something that I really enjoy doing. Like when people okay. message me on my personal Facebook account or like through the Pamana um, page, they always ask me, "What are your recommendations? What is best for my baby?" and I'm sure a lot of people in the community also get those questions, but it's, um, I always get so energized, <laughs> like reading them. Like I always feel like, yeah, okay. I'm so happy to be here for you and to help you with your journey. So yeah, that's definitely the I love that. development work I, for um, me. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I love that because I, 
have gotten a little bit burned out on answering all those questions all the time. Um, so it's so wonderful to hear that there's other people stepping into those shoes and supporting parents around the world to find the right diaper for them. Um, it's such important work to be able to work with parents one-on-one and be a safe space for people to come reach out to you in that way. Yeah, Uh, definitely. I understand that one-on-one chats and conversations can be super draining at certain points, especially mm -hmm. when you have like so many (laughs) people asking you the same exact questions. But like, once you get into their story and how they got into cloth diapering, again, the social development worker in me talking, it's it's always, um, it puts everything into perspective. Like when they say, oh, it's, this is my family background. This is what I've been struggling with as a parent, sometimes even struggling as a mom, right? Because it's, there's so much, there's so many things to navigate through as a new parent or even as like a mom in general or a parent in general caregiver in general so mm-hmm. it's um when they besides talking about cloth diapering they also talk to me about their own struggles in life and how that factors into how they're dealing with their baby and also how they're cloth diapering so that's always a joy <laughs> the, yeah and the, i think like that um, is something I feel that I've really tried to also encourage is that uh, the, that cloth conversation about what diaper is best for me is not just it's not just you can't just I can't just spit out an answer. It really is learning about what's going on in that person's life um, to find the best recommendation so that you give an answer that makes them feel empowered to continue parenting and continue cloth diapering in the best way that they can. Uh, so I love hearing that from you at that makes me so excited. And I, I have a few more shows kind of lining up along this too. And I just chatted with another mama and we're going to talk about, she designed a cloth diaper course that she works with her doula in, and she delivers locally. Like there's so many spaces here for micro influencing uh, within your specific community or within your country uh, to reach reach out to people in this amazing one-to-one scale and convince them to cloth diaper. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I think that's a wonderful idea. I'm I'd be I'd love to hear more about the course that you <laughs> Well yeah, well you'll you'll listen to it whenever I get it edited, but it's just there's um that that's kind of feeling like a theme. I sometimes I record a whole bunch of podcasts and like a little bit of a theme comes up. And I feel like this theme that's kind of popping up is really this one-to-one and then that the, the best way to make one-to-one happen is by expanding. We can't, it can't just be Pam in the Philippines and Bailey in Canada. It has to be Pam and a whole bunch of other leaders in the Philippines, right? And in order to really make that impact. So, uh, but you're leaving a positive impact as you are. You're encouraging other leaders. Then that's what it sounds like that you're doing in your cloth diaper community. So. Oh, <laughs> thanks so much. Baby. What's it sounded like you're talking about how you're having a chat with them and it sounds like you're, uh, you're being an inspiration, but maybe that's my perceived, uh, you know, email chat. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Bailey. I well, there are a lot of, um, uh, well, I think everybody's an influencer in their own way. It's oh, just, yes. yeah, it's just a matter of magnitude. And um, mm-hmm. I think it really, uh, I'm just really thankful to be part of a community that that is super involved with, um, with these things. And they really want to help each other. Everybody just wants to help each other one-on-one. And that's super, um, 
that's super inspiring because even if people constantly ask like the same questions every time, there's always one, sometimes even five, up to like 10 or more people to answer <laughs> the question. And then they just share their experience like, hey, this is what worked for me. Maybe you could consider it because we were, you sound like you're in the same situation. So it's, 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 mm-hmm. it, it's really inspiring to see just how willing people are to help each other out with these things and um, I'm really hoping that in the future that will lead to more dedicated policy advocacy efforts to make sure that these changes are felt long term Mm -hmm. yeah do you um not knowing anything about Filipino politics um is that a potential like do you feel like it could happen or does it feel uh on far-fetched well well honestly it feels a little far-fetched now but (laughs) but i'm really hoping that like with more research and like finding which communities or which nonprofits are already working on supporting small businesses i think that's a good entry point Mm -hmm. to um involve cloth diapers in and also say for example there have been recent laws enacted in local governments as well there hasn't been a national law yet but in some local governments single use plastic has already been banned so like um having people advocate for that but on the level of family households for example that's that's one way to encourage um at least small scale uh local support in that way to find your local government and to encourage them to not only ban single-use plastics but also include um disposable diapers in that category so it isn't you know, so you also target the industry in that way. Hopefully not to make them too angry, but like <laughs> just to have yeah, just to encourage more people to to switch to cloth because of how yeah yeah of how difficult things can be otherwise. Have you have you looked into the UK Nappy Network as um, a framework or a similar idea? Oh, I haven't yet. I will do that. That would be my recommendation for you. Um, I just talked with Baba. Baba and Boo was my most recent episode, and she was talking about um, the UK Nappy Network, and they've done a lot of uh, the come to uh, the bringing together of the cloth paper community to do lobby and make some some leeways in the UK and that area. So that might be um, an organization for you to reach out to and learn and see if they have any advice for what you could model in the Philippines. Yeah, that's amazing. Advice. Thanks, Bailey. I'll check that out. I was able to listen to that episode, but I haven't been able to contact the people there. So I'll try to do that. Well, uh, Charlie Banana, I chatted with her recently as well, and she had had a positive experience with the UK Nappy Network for lobbying of cloth diapers, um, just because that similar cohesive social policy collective is not something that uh, they're experiencing in North America, uh, but maybe we'll come here too. But there's definitely, uh, hopefully there's, what am I trying to stumble over? Collaboration. There's room for collaboration right. to really make some powerful impact in policy. Where it's better when we come together too for it. Like if we can all be on the same team when we're lobbying government to support us. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. 
All right. Well, I we have kind of tangented, uh, tangented. Wow, that. <laughs> but I hear that I'm needed for bedtime, so I am gonna part you do. I know we've shared your Facebook page, and uh, I would love to catch up in a year or so, Pam. Too. Like, don't be a stranger. I am so fascinated about what's going on in the Philippines for cloth diapering. Or just that whole time. and I had set out to talk about flats, talk about flat cloth diapering, and make this an episode that we would launch for the Flats and Hand Washing Challenge. But as I listened to it again, I remember that our conversation was so much more about other things, about the cloth diaper community, about the important work that the international cloth diaper community is doing, and that we kind of all have the same goals, the same challenges, and I think there's so much potential here for us to come together and work together and try to achieve this wonderful greatness. I know this episode was a little bit less about flats and a little bit more about that international or that one-on-one or how to support cloth diaper communities, but I hope that you learned a few things, you have a few great takeaways, and you enjoyed this show. I know that international guests can be hard shows to listen to because the audio quality is a little bit less than awesome. I try my best, but I am just a rookie cloth diaper podcaster. I will put the show notes for this episode over at clothdiaperpodcast.com slash show dash 68. I am, don't have them transcribed right now, but I am going to put them through a system and I will get some sort of transcription up and going. So at least you have some general idea about what's going on for this show. I want to be if on the you- Clothic Podcast. I am always accepting guests. Uh, you can email me at bailey at clothdiaperpodcast.com and I will be scheduling and recording this summer for fall 2021 content. If you want to help or support the Cloth Diaper Podcast show, you can also email or DM me. I am slow on my emails, but I do get back to my DMs occasionally. Thank you so much for listening to the Cloth Diaper Podcast and until next week.